Okay, so we have the great honor of welcoming our beloved, beautiful Pastor Sarah Jackson. Come on up, Sarah. Yeah, we can clap for her. We love her so much. <laughs> Sarah will be sharing some great insight and wisdom about seasons of life and how to identify what season we are currently in. Um, and I'm excited to hear from her and glean some wisdom and knowledge and discover what season of life I am in. So I'm gonna be taking notes. So thank you, Sarah, for the opportunity to hear from you and we love you and we're excited. I am wondering if it would be okay if I like sit here and we chat from there. <laughs> would that be okay? First of all, I'm just having some little physical symptoms that I don't enjoy and also some emotional ones that I don't enjoy. So I would like to sit. Can we see each other? Yeah, this is nice. Okay. Okay. Um, so Catherine and I were talking about just some of the themes that have been covered in Mom's Discipleship for this year, and um, we were just talking about that idea of seasons, and I was remembering um, a class that I was in, a, a formation class that I was in one time, and one of the questions was about uh, what season you're in, and I thought, I, I wonder if I journaled about that. I'm going to go... I have this whole drawer of journals and they're all like, you know, 20% filled and <laughs> one day is, you know, 2003 and the next day is like 2008 <laughs> and that's how I like to journal. So, and I, I also was like, I don't have time to read every journal and I don't have the band, emotional bandwidth to read every journal. So I was like, God, you have to help me find this. And I did. And I opened this journal and first of all, there were some ultrasound pictures in here, and I looked at the date, and it was the date where we went to, um, it was our anniversary, and I was bleeding really heavily in my second trimester, and we went to get uh, an ultrasound to just confirm that we had lost our baby, and we didn't, it's Lila. She's sitting in the back, and that, of course, just started me on to a lot of emotions. Um, but anyway, I found this, I really don't even know why I shared that with you, but a little moment of, this is where I'm at. This is where I'm coming into today. I'm just like, woo. Um, but I found this journal entry from September 24th, 2013, um, and remembered that I had been thinking about this metaphor of life as a garden. And... Um, so I wanted to kind of hold that metaphor and use that as sort of a launching pad for talking about life seasons. Now, I'm from Missouri, and so we do have four proper seasons, unlike whatever this is here. <laughs> um, so I, will, I like the metaphor of spring, summer, fall, winter, because I think there's just... Um, a lot that feels homey to me when I think of the apple orchards that we were around and the pumpkin patch and the ice and snow in the winter and blossoms in the spring um, and hot summer days with a lot of fruit, like that resonates with me. But is there anyone here from, let's say, Florida? Hawaii, thank you. What are the seasons? Are they like windy season? There's like bigger surf, a little bit more rain, and then like tropical. 
<laughs> a bigger surf is like, oh, it's a little windy outside, and we get to watch professional surfers. Gosh, I didn't realize it was online. That's cool. Okay. Um, all right. So in Hawaii, there's like two seasons, right? Or maybe in um, other, or maybe in India, there's like the dry season and the monsoon season. Um, Indonesia, excuse me. Um, but is anyone else from the Midwest who gets what I'm talking about with this whole four season things? Thank you. Thank you, Connie. I see that, I see that hand. Uh, so that's the metaphor we're going to use today. And if you're like, this doesn't resonate with me, then you can find your own seasons. What seasons do you like to think about? Um, and hold on just a second here. I'm going to get my notes. I'm not prepared. But I will tell you that um, when I think of the seasons, and we're going to kind of talk about some descriptions that we can use to help locate ourselves in our current season. I'm thinking about seasons of the soul, but I recognize that there are also seasons that have to do with our, our setting or our current context, like a relational aspect. There are seasons of a certain relationship that means something to you. There, um, there might be a different season of your soul than maybe what you're feeling with your kids, like I feel like I'm in a summer season with my kids, and I'll explain a little bit more about why that is. It is a, it's a season of just a lot of goodness. Um, but in my soul, I'm in between autumn and winter. There's a lot of just like stuff in there that's kind of quiet. Again, we'll get into why the metaphor here. Um, but it's, there's not really a linear aspect to it either, is there? Because sometimes we're in the middle of a certain season and then a crisis happens or something unexpected happens and it throws us or thrusts us into a season that maybe we weren't really interested in in that moment or maybe we find ourselves in a season a lot longer than we want to be. And so I'm coming into today with that tenderness of just my own personal soul season, but also with a joy that, you know what, we don't all have to be in the same season at the same time. And that's what's so beautiful about being together, especially as women. The friendships of women are what help us move through and into our different seasons. And that is a special, special thing. Um, so if I tear up or, you know, do weird things or show you my journals from like 2003, there's stuff in here that should never be read by anyone. I also discovered that. And I was like, should I burn that? Should I throw it away? There's a huge chunk of pages just missing. I'm like, what's that about? What, was, what did I, where did I put those? Um, but okay, so I'm just going to pose this question to us, but then we're going to take a, a quick pause. But let's just look at it for just a second, which is, this was the question from 2013. If your life is like a garden, what season are you in? What are Maybe there's a picture that you get of your life or of the garden of your life. What are words that would describe that? And we'll move further into this and maybe there will be some developments that happen in your heart and mind as we think about this metaphor and talk about it today. But we're just, that's where we're going to start. And even ask in that picture, like, well, what, what do I think about when I think about the state of my soul or the garden of my life? What does that mean? Does that mean where I'm at in my relationships? Does it mean how I feel internally? Does it mean, like, my 
um, thoughts about the state of the world or the state of my family or whatever. Like, what is it that's actually prompting you to think of this garden of your life? So that's something to pay attention to, too. But before we move any further, I want to locate us in the space that is really truly our source, our beginning, and the end of our life, our home. And then all the way through, like where are we actually located? Like I can think of my life as a garden and that can feel very, um, that can tend to feel very isolating or like I'm in charge of tending it or you know, where <laughs> am I the gardener? What's the story here? But I wanna bring us to Psalm 139. And I don't know why, but I have a strong resistance to this Psalm in general. Like whenever someone's like, we're gonna read Psalm 139, like I've already heard it before so many times. Um, but I, I felt like God said, just peek in there. And I said, I don't want to. <laughs> and then yesterday when I sat down, I got up early to work on this and I was like, I'm just going to read my prayer book real quick, which I hadn't opened in a while. I like brushed it off the dust, opened it and the Psalm for the day. What do you think it was? <laughs> so I was like, fine, fine. We're going to do this. And I actually really like this translation. So let's center ourselves in our home, in our true home. This is where we began, in the mind of the creator, who sees everything before we ever exited our mother's womb, and who holds us together. This world does not hold us together. It cannot hold us together. Even our best people can't hold us together. They can't hold themselves together. And where are we going? Where are we headed toward? Who are we headed into? Oh Lord, you have searched me out and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You mark out my journeys and my resting place and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but you, O oh Lord, know it altogether. Maybe that's why I don't like this psalm. I'm like, that's uncomfortable. <laughs> I'll read it again. For there is not a word on my tongue, but you, O oh Lord, know it altogether. You encompass me behind and before. And you lay your hand on me in blessing. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, so high that I cannot attain it. So where can I go then from your spirit? Or where can I get away from your presence? If I climb up to heaven, you're there. If I make the grave my bed, you are there also. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me. Your right hand hold me fast. If I say, well, surely the darkness will cover me and the light around me will turn into night. Well, even darkness is no darkness with you. The night is as clear as the day. Darkness and light to you are both alike. For you yourself created my inmost parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I thank you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. 
Marvelous are your works, my soul knows well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my form as yet unfinished. Already in your book were all my members written. As day by day they were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How deep are your counsels to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I count them, they're more in number than the sand. And at the end, I'm still in your presence. Search me out, O God, and know my heart. Try me and examine my thoughts. See if there is any way of wickedness in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. God, as we show up here today to you, to ourselves, and to each other, would you give us the gift of a gentleness, of a secure presence, of your abiding here with us. And if there's something that you have for each of us to discover about this particular season that each of us find ourselves in, May we hear your whisper and have hope. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I just wanted to quickly go through these four seasons of spring, summer, fall, and winter, and just give um, some thoughts that I found on the internet and then added some of my own <laughs> for like, what are some of the ways we can think about these seasons when we think about uh, the state of our life or the state of our soul or of our relationships or something. So again, like you'll know kind of what your garden is in your mind, right? You may really be kind of in the parenting mode today around like my relationship with my kids. Let's think of that as a garden. Um, or it might be something completely far away from that. So you do you. Um, but we're going to start with winter um, and go through that quickly. <laughs> so uh, a theme for winter is a quiet darkness. This is a place of waiting, of rest. And, of course, with the word quiet, there is an element of silence that is present in a season of winter that's just different from all the others, right? Whether or not it's snowing, the cold almost has a silence to it, right? Like there's less water in the air sometimes. Whatever sense that makes, I think you get it. <laughs> um, and there's a darkness. And, and interestingly, this is needed, especially in these four season areas. Many plants cannot uh, germinate unless they've had like a hard freeze, right? And they can't, um, their, sh their outside shell of the seed doesn't fall off unless there's been a real cold. And rain and snow from this season really seeps down deep into the earth. And so while plants may appear like nothing's really going on, they may even appear dead. Underneath the earth, there is a nourishing that is still available. But when we find ourselves in a season of winter of the soul, there's, um, it can be very discomforting, right? And 
with the discomfort also comes maybe this longing to be out of it or a feeling of being stuck in it. All right, so that's how I see winter. Okay, spring. This is a time of awakening. Perhaps the beginning of something new and good. Maybe it's a time of thawing. So if you think of like glacier lakes in the far north Canada, there's a time where the, the, the lakes kind of thaw enough for glaciers to sort of move around and resettle and then it freezes again and everything's in its place. But in a springtime in our soul or in our lives, there's a sense of like, oh, there's a little, there's some like flexibility here that maybe wasn't there before. I see it as a time where trust and hope are sort of coming up out of something. Maybe it's a time in our life where we are more willing to take a risk or it would be even good for us to take a risk in some way. There's something that maybe was asleep, it's waking up. Something that felt closed or lost or dead that is coming out again, being resurrected. Summer is uh, characterized by long, warm days. But if we think of a season of spring that's kind of like, you know, new, a new relationship or a honeymoon of some kind, in the summer, that's, that's more of like something that's deeper. There's a deeper contentment there, right? There's, there's like a, a joy in it in the sense that um, there's a lot happening. A lot of things are alive and moving around. I see this as a time where sometimes we're tempted to like sit back, enjoy all that's going well, but actually summer is an amazing time to get to work, get busy, because there's pruning to do, there's weeding to do, there's, um, there's produce that's ripening and ready to be enjoyed, etc. So this is a time where a sense of joy or of a lot of like good things happening just seems to abound. If you are in that kind of a season right now, I'm so excited for you and grateful. We need these seasons in our life to remind us that it's not always winter, <laughs> you know, Nardians. Um, and obviously there's different layers to this, right? That we could probably, I'm hoping that as your brain starts connecting with these, that you start thinking of your own patterns in a summer. Like, are, is summer a time of rest for you? Is summer a time of productivity? You know, what is it? So I'm giving you sort of my lay of that land, but you're gonna have your own ideas of some of the special things that happen in these kinds of seasons of the soul. All right, last one, autumn. A time of releasing. It could be a time of reaping what has been sown in previous seasons. It's maybe not a time where there's a lot of um, growth or productivity on your part, but you're sort of aware of like, well, this is what I've got <laughs> right now. And that could be a wonderful bounty. I felt this after a long time of schooling. Like I had a whole basket of you know, fresh harvest to carry with me into my next season. I can't plant or water anything else right now, but I will carry this basket with me. I will eat this fruit. It's going to be so good. But it could also be a time where you're like, I have a terrible harvest. <laughs> like I'm just realizing that. I spent my summer 
on things that will not feed me into the winter, you know? And that's sad. And there's a sense of loss that happens in those moments. And sometimes we can be, again, I don't always think of these as cyclical or linear. There's just so much of our life that we cannot control. But have you ever been in a time that maybe you characterized as a summer or a spring? Things were growing, things were moving, and then something happened that completely derailed that whole thing, that sent you right away into the depths of autumn. Loss, transition, unexpected transition. Or maybe transition that you expected and it didn't go as you expected. We are forced to grieve in a way, but it can also be a time of confusion. Like, what's happening? What's, what's going to happen after this? Is it just gone forever? Sometimes this is a time of pruning in our lives, a time where either things are being like simplified or take, we're taking things off of ourselves, like, oh, this is too much, I gotta get some of this off here. But sometimes life is just doing that to us. We have to, we have to pare down, or we have to start slowing down or shutting down. Okay, just real quick, can, we, can I have anybody who'd be willing just, let's go back to this idea of winter. Anyone have a connection in their mind with like words that describe that sort of as a soul season or maybe even a time where you felt like, yeah, this was a winter for me and here's just a short description of what that felt like. Would anyone be, this one's a hard one. Everyone will be about summer, right? But, <laughs> or we'll be too scared. We're like, oh. So a winter season of the soul or of relationships, how would you describe that? Yes. Oh, thank you. Got it. So, as I'm looking at the seasons, there's me spiritually, emotionally, me in motherhood, me as a wife. And I'm, I've been in a season of winter, I feel like, in motherhood, where I just, it feels frozen in time. There's silence and stillness. I don't feel like I'm growing as a person, as a mom. Um... My kids are changing, and I'm changing as a woman, a businesswoman, a wife, a friend, but the motherhood is like, that's my winter season I feel like I'm in, and there's a little bit of glimpses of spring I feel that's coming, and trusting God for that, um, but that's been hard and something I didn't expect. Like, why can't I grow on all, in all the ways? And like, can, can they just like stay in one line instead of like, one's like way back there, catch up. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Why don't we jump to autumn then? How does that, or fall, what do you call it? Autumn, fall. Where have you been in a season where you thought, oh yeah, there's like things are, Things are changing and it's scary, or this, this is a time of purging, or a time of like not really having a lot except for what I'm brought in to this season with me. Um, 
I very much relate with this um, right now. I would say, brief context, um, I was raised, and I joke, but I'm kind of serious, an overly stable home, <clears throat> which I love my parents dearly for, but I am terrible with change, and I like to pretend that I'm good, and there's this simmering below the surface, I feel like, that always happens um, when I sense that change is coming. And we are definitely, as a family, in that for a handful of reasons, um, most recently precipitated by a job change for my husband. And we don't really have a plan. We have a plan, but it's not a plan that feels concrete to me. And so I just think it was kind of with the analogy of this produce basket, like what are you bringing into this next haul? And I think rather than like, here's all what we've done. I feel like it's more God saying, I've given you everything that I need for this. Um, sorry, but, um, and just that he will be our, yeah, he's more than enough. And I think that's what I'm having to remind myself. So it's just very timely that you're bringing this up. But um, I think as a mom, I kind of relate very much with what you said, Jordan, just about wanting to be like, I feel here in this way, but way back here in this one. And so in thinking about this transition that we're coming up with as a family, we have an almost a very astute, almost four-year-old and not, not trying to weather this perfectly for her, um, but just, I think, walking through that with a mindset that God is is absolutely more than enough and he's given us everything that we need in our produce basket going into um, this season of change and that there's so much pruning and growth that I think is very necessary for me in letting go of these things that um, the facade of self-reliance or stability and whatever that honestly needs to go and I feel that death and cracking happening and I'm like no so that's where I am <laughs> Yeah, I was just, Autumn reminds me of whenever I was going from one kid to two kids. I felt like we had kind of like gotten in our groove, like, man, I can, like, she was, you know, a year and a half and we were going places and I just love that stage. And then like, here comes baby number two and my energy slows down and my, like, I had a really, really needy baby who just only wanted me. And it was just like, I felt like I was like grieving this, like. I had so much time with my first one. <laughs> and then the second one comes and like, how am I gonna split the time? Like, how am I gonna split the difference between like, I had all this time with the first and then the second doesn't get what my first got, you know? And it's just that like, like yeah, it just felt the transition and the grief of like, it's not gonna be the same as what it felt like for the first. And it was exciting and everything. But yeah, there was a lot of confusion there of just like, man, this is, this transition is so much harder than the first was for me, so, yeah. yeah. And isn't confusion confusing? I mean, can we just say that? It's like to find ourselves in a place of confusion is to be like, which end is up? Like, what is happening right now? But then usually why we're confused, we're confused about as well. So yeah, thanks for bringing that up, that part of it. Okay, how about spring? A time where something that seemed like it was frozen is either thawing or maybe you find something growing in an area where like, I didn't know there was a plant there. That's interesting. <laughs> yes, okay. Yeah, this takes me back a few years, but I was in a really unhealthy high school 
I mean, a lot of us probably were. High school relationship that bled into long distance college. It was horrible, <laughs> horrible. And it wasn't that long ago for me, so I'm still healing from it. But I met my now husband five months after this horrible high school boyfriend and I broke up. And he was like stalking me and the whole relationship was just like so emotionally abusive. And so I meet this incredible, godly, mature um, young man. And I felt like a little bit of pruning for sure, but it was like God used him to, th I had become really like rigid and I knew I couldn't make mistakes because I had to be perfect and um, because I had put myself in this tiny little box that the ex-boyfriend had wanted me beat to be in. Mm. And all of a sudden, uh, my husband Christian was teaching me how to be broken, receive grace from Jesus, and how to see my beauty as a daughter of Jesus. And, it, and so there was a lot of blossoming, but the thawing was the first point of it was just like thawing out from brokenness and hurt and then realizing and it's incredible because that was I think almost five years ago so since I met my husband and to think about the person I am in those years of like blossoming there's still so much more to go but it's that's a season of my life to see how I, I felt like I was almost dead inside and just like just just not worthy and I like blossomed through that and I want to be clear that I don't I'm very like um, I don't want my husband to be my salvation he's great and so through all of that I kept seeing God is using him with his words and his prayer but he's not my he wasn't doing the the growing it was the Holy Spirit but God used him immensely so that's um, a big piece of spring for me that's a beautiful illustration Michelle Okay, okay, we have more. See, this is what we want. All right. <laughs> okay, so I think I would describe my current season as spring, um, kind of coming out of some unhealthy friendships and then stepping into more healthy ones and just really watching those blossom and just experiencing the change um, in myself and in my family and kind of how that has all affected us, um, as well as um, just really a, a transformation of, of habits, habits, like just watching more godly habits blossom, um, myself, my husband, my children, um, as well as um, just physical habits, like just achieving some fitness goals and healthy lifestyle goals. And so it's just been really... Um, fun and exciting, I guess, to just see things that um, coming out of that winter phase of, of having a third baby that was unexpected, postpartum anxiety, all of those things, um, just going through a really difficult year. Um, the last, I guess, she's 19 months, so probably the last like five, six months has been spring, um, but leading up to that, very much winter for, for us. Um, yeah, so just seeing all of those little seeds starting to germinate has been, has been lovely. What about, oh, we have another? Somebody else want to go? Go, do it. Um, I was going to say this is probably the season that resonates with me most at present by the grace of God. Um, I, but it's kind of like a Colorado spring. Um, so, um, I will say I'm feeling growth. 
Um, I am doing, emo um, what is it, emotionally healthy spirituality. Um, and I think it took right up until about week six. <laughs> um, and I have finally, it was really like a, a moment of, I guess the spring and the growth that I'm seeing is that I'm having the capacity to wake up before my children, which I have three children, and my youngest is two and a half now. Um, and it's been really life-giving to have a moment <laughs> before they wake up and that I can rise and see the sun out and see green grass. <laughs> You know, and then we'll have a day like yesterday where it was a really hard day with my two-and-a-half-year-old, and I feel like, what happened, God? I had all this margin. Yeah. And it's kind of like that snowstorm in May. Um, but I'm still seeing growth. I'm still hanging in there. I may have stayed in bed an extra 15 minutes, but I still got up. Um, and that growth is really encouraging. Um, and I have a five-year-old about to go to kindergarten. And so those things are exciting but they also I'm realizing it's not all just growth there's still some snowstorms and some things I haven't thought yet so that's my spring and I'm excited for it oh, I love it thanks guys you're doing it you're really doing this this is great okay so let's talk about summer then this is an interesting one right because I, I don't want to give us this idea of like oh it's just all life's a bowl of cherries we're just skipping through the Sunflowers, yeah, whatever the, whatever the summer flowers are. This, we're also talking about a time where there's often a lot of productivity, like there's a lot of movement, so to speak. That can be movement in your own heart. It can be actual life fullness, so to speak. Um, but it is a time where a lot is going on and growing. Anyone resonate with a time in their life? Doesn't have to be now, but it could be where you were in a summer. Yes. Um, so we were a military family and we spent uh, four years in Texas and last spring my husband was deployed and my three and a half year old like didn't sleep through the night one day of deployment one night and it was hard and dark and he was having emotional issues and my husband came home and we actually moved to Virginia for the summer for a school season. So if you're a military family that is like a sigh because they are not deployable, they don't do any training sessions, like nothing. And we spent this like six months of summer in Virginia, like exploring up and down the coast and spending time with the family. And I, I think it was just a gift from the Lord to like look back on. And we're back at Fort Carson, which is like high tempo training, you know, all the things. Um, but my four-year-old, I think it was it was like a summer for him. So. Tell me your name. I'm Corey. Corey, nice to meet you. Thank you. Yes, lovely. That's a beautiful image of a summer. Okay, well let's keep moving then, because I want to make uh, the reason why it can be helpful to think of our life in terms of seasons is that. We have this really interesting um, paradox in our lives, which is that we are situated people. There are things that locate us, not only physically, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually, relationally. Um, and some of those things we have agency in, some of those things we do not. So we are both situated and 
free at the same time. But sometimes we don't feel free, right? Because there's a sense of, of stuckness. But the freedom that we always have is that in every season of our life, whether we chose it or not, whether it goes on for longer than we want or it's short, that we, the freedom that we have is that there are demands or needs, is maybe a softer word to use, there are demands in each season and there are gifts or possibilities in each season. Our agency, our freedom, is to participate with the forming work of God in whatever season we find ourselves. And we are going to have a hard time doing that if we're not paying attention to this season, right? Paying attention to the demands or the invitations or the possibilities of each season. Sometimes when we're not paying attention, we may even begin to make some assumptions or ascribe some intentions to God or other people or even ourselves. When something feels awful, we aren't usually thinking, there's going to be a gift here. Unless we're just a positive thinker and that's how we're trying to get through the day. <laughs> but in our souls, we don't have that knowledge of like, I'm going to stay as long as I need to stay because there's a gift here for me somewhere, some way, sometime. So to be able to participate with our season is our formative option, so to speak. This is our agency. We can give our yes or we can give our no always to participation in our season. So let's talk first about some possibilities or some gifts of each season. Now, these are words that come from a priest named Adrian von Kamm. He's no longer alive, but he studied both psychology and theology and had a lot of theories on human formation, and he's greatly affected me. Um, but he really likes alliteration. So <laughs> the, are, there are some C words here, and these are just formative invitations for our life in any season and for every person. I specifically located them in seasons based on some of the things I've seen in my own life. So remember that these are flexible and you can find, find the gift that you like and hold on to that one. But I look at, and, I want, and I'll explain these words. So when I think of the season of winter, um, I think of this formative option that Adrian talks about called congeniality, which is from the Latin with Genesis. Winter is actually a time where we have the opportunity painfully sometimes, sometimes just quietly and maybe even unexpectedly or easily because we're kind of at rest, a time where we get reconnected with the true core human being that God loves and created us to be. Things are quieter, things are stripped away, and we learn to be at home with that unique woman. Yes, we have our communal aspect as well, but there is a God-given uniqueness to us that we read about in Psalm 139. A gift of winter is that we can come home to that person by the grace of God. A gift in the spring, and I love how this even sort of popped up a little bit in your descriptions of your spring season, is compatibility, or in other words, an, an adaptability we learn that we can actually be flexible and not always break. That there are sometimes ways that we can move and grow and try new things and something comes out of that that's beautiful, right? In the spring, we realize, oh my gosh, there was life here. 
didn't even know. And, and we start to trust a little more that, well, maybe we can make it through something, you know? It's also a time where maybe we start, because, because there's maybe less of this sort of like internal dialogue going on all the time, we start to look around us and be like, ah, oh, like look at all these things that I, that I have here. Like we get to know our situation a little more. When Amy gets up before her kids, she sees them differently when their little faces are first presented to her in the morning, right? It's no longer the monster that came in at 4.45. You're a person, a real person, and I'm a person, and we're relating as people now. <laughs> okay, a gift from a summer season is, yep. Oh, the winter one, congeniality, which is a way of saying like sort of back to the beginning, so to speak, back to the home of the true image of God that has been placed in us where many other things get stripped away. And all we have left is, is almost sometimes like not even just God and me, but sometimes I'm like, where are you, God? But something is happening beneath the surface that's actually core to who we are. Yep. Okay, a gift in the summer. Another one of Adrian C. words is competence from the Latin with potency or with power. So in summer seasons, we often find that there's giftedness. There's like a fullness that we're really living into. And we learn in that time Lord willing, that we are not owners of these things. This land that I'm uh, farming, this beauty that I'm living into, it's, I'm a part of it, and I'm, I'm not controlling it. There's almost this willingness to sort of sit back, as we mentioned earlier, to sit back and enjoy sort of nature doing its work, but there's also an invitation for us to participate in that. Like, Now's not the time. Yeah, you can take a little nap in the shade, but now's not the time to just hibernate, right? There's stuff here to be enjoyed. To, there's work to do. Um, and then in autumn, a gift of compassion. When we are uh, usually forced, I don't know that we just all choose this, <laughs> when we are forced to become present to our own vulnerabilities. It does help us become present to the vulnerabilities and woundedness of others as well. And that may be the only gift, right? It's not like, oh, well, that made it all worth it. No. But it will put something in our lives that we need, right? Okay. Any other questions? Thank you, Brenda, for speaking up about that. Okay, so here are some possibilities or gifts in each season, but let's talk about the demands or the needs of each season. <clears throat> and I'm just making this short again, just some ideas. We're gonna, we're gonna parse this out a little more in our table groups. You may have some other ones that pop up for you. But for me, I find that a season of winter, whether that's relationally, in my own heart, in my situation, when there's just not a lot that I feel like I can do, like my limitations are very present, that season is begging for rest. Jordan, I was thinking about how long you've been mothering, right? 
girl, be tired. <laughs> and there's so much that has been moving in that space. And I guess when you were talking about that, I thought, well, that kind of makes sense. Like, I wonder what needs like stillness. I don't know. And maybe not. Maybe there's another invitation that you'll find in that season. But how do we respond to that need for rest? We have to pay attention to what's available to us. Are there, are there practices of silence, of trust, of shelter that we need to say yes to? And I don't mean in this season that all we need to do is just shut down and go to bed. But sometimes we need people who are like weighted blankets for us in a good way, right? People who are safe, people who we can be, who we can trust and be honest with and say, I need, I need an arm around me right now and I need a warm fire. These things are cold, you know? You may find that there are temptations in each season too. So there's demands, like your body needs rest, your soul needs rest, but something in you is working against that and resisting it. That's something to pay attention to as well. If you're in a winter season, what are your temptations? I'll tell you mine, and it's called Netflix, right? Like, this is my warm fire, the glow. <laughs> and yet I wake up in the morning, and I feel like that darkness just, oh, that didn't, that didn't warm me, you know? Except if it's Frasier, then it's always warming. <laughs> um, okay, how about in spring? There's an element of hope that spring demands us to participate with. It's like sometimes slaps us in the face. Like, here we are. What, how is this happening? And perhaps a practice or practices that nurture gratitude are appropriate for this season. I see, I see this good thing and I'm going to name it. I see that flowering. I see that bud poking up out of that dark, cracked, dry earth. <laughs> I see that something's happening and I'm going to choose to say thank you. And also taking risks. Sometimes the spring is a great time. And yes, there might be a surprise snowstorm that just we're like, whoa, are we back in winter? Is this a winter? Sometimes it is. <laughs> Sometimes it's not. Sometimes you don't get any apples that, that summer, but the tree leaves are very nice. <laughs> okay, so I put this for summer, joyful work, in the sense that this is a time where strength is built. This is a time where it doesn't feel as hard to risk because we see that things are moving and growing and we're like, okay, I'm jamming with this. Jamming. Yeah, okay. This also may be a time where you have a little extra margin for pursuing wisdom and discernment. Maybe a shift isn't coming, but maybe you sense like after this season, there might be a shift of some kind. What do I need to be paying attention to so I can make wise choices here? There's a lot of margin that happens in a summer season and how you spend that margin matters. Not that you have to be at work all the time, but 
paying attention to what's offered you is really important for making the most of it, right? Even if that margin is like, I actually am going to joyfully rest, like rest is my work this season and enjoy this bountiful thing that's happening. It's also a time where we find that in that margin and in that easy trust in what's going on, that we have more capacity for generosity to others. That can be like more space in our lives to invite people in. It can be that we literally have extra to give resource-wise, um, emotionally, et cetera. This can be a beautiful season, but it's, it's really, especially in the farming world, we get this metaphor, it's not meant just for us. <laughs> Summer is something that many people need to feed off of in our lives. And then for autumn, perhaps one of the needs of this season is just good grief. Practices that participate with shedding with simplifying, with some reflection, being willing to show up to our grief. I can't remember if we talked about this together, so pardon me, I don't remember, but I remember reading a a celebrity talking about, maybe it was an EH, um, a celebrity, it was Jenny McCarson, what's her name, Jenny? Jenny McCarthy, who was talking about going through a divorce and like the waves of grief that would hit her, like in the supermarket. And she said, I learned through therapy that like my brain can really only focus on something for about 15 minutes. So I chose that I would go to my car for 15 minutes. If I was at the supermarket, I would leave, I would sit in my car for 15 minutes and let it, let it flow over me. And then in 15 minutes, okay, I'm going back in, (laughs) going to the grocery. So practices that support actually participating with grief, doing some reflection, maybe a purging. Okay, Um, I believe we have enough time to do two things. One is a quiet reflection, and then the next will be just participating in group conversation with our tables. So if you brought a journal, great, or if you just want to like close your eyes, take a nap, do whatever you need. (laughs) You need to do whatever you need to do in this season, and um, or if you want to write anything down, whatever. But here are some questions that may kind of help you locate yourself if you haven't already. And we'll give a few minutes for this, but I'll just read through the questions real quick. Do you notice any recent shifts in your life? Those can be, practically speaking, you know, a job transition, like Nikki talked about. But they can also be internal shifts. Like, I was actually, like, super fine during Lent, and all of a sudden in Easter, I just don't feel right inside. What's that about? Uh, What would you say is thriving in your life or delightful? Anything. Maybe you notice, like, I really like getting into my bed. (laughs) Do you notice that something feels stuck? Or maybe something feels broken or, like, missing? Or maybe lost altogether? Can you name that? Catherine, would it be okay to do a little music just for like just a few minutes? We'll just sit with it. Maybe one of these questions sticks out to you more than the others. 
and then we'll have different questions for the table discussion. What I hope you will leave here with is an awareness that you are free to participate with the season of life that you're in. And that that might be a question to continually put before yourself. Am I participating or working against this? Because we can't always, obviously, dictate the season that we would prefer to be in, right? And that there are actually little tiny life decisions, little tiny practices that can be a participation with our season and sometimes they are what transition us into a different season, sometimes. Sometimes like this little tiny tweak, like Amy was saying, like getting up before her kids you know, did she start getting up because she was in a spring? Or did the invitation that she had in another season that she said yes to help bring spring into her own soul? Maybe both, right? So we're going to go into table discussion because we have till what, 11.15, is that right? Oh, perfect. Okay, awesome. Okay. My part is done, <laughs> but I, I leave you to your reflection. But here are some questions for table discussions. What am I longing for in this current season? And if you can't really locate yourself, maybe this will help you locate yourself. What is it that I feel like I'm needing? What is something that I sense God is inviting me to consider as a yes to this season? Try to be as practical with yourself as you can. Practical, yes. That doesn't always mean doing, just a clear practical thing. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. And then I think we'll, what, close in prayer when it's time? 1120? Okay. All right. Sounds good. Feel free to bring in those other questions, too, if that's something you want to talk about.